Are you ready, eager young space cadets? Meep, meep. supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello, and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and I am so excited because this is the first episode, and we are going to talk about one of my favorite Looney Tunes, which is Bully for Bugs, and it was always on the list of If you're going to start off a conversation or a marathon of Looney Tunes shorts, then you always start with Bully for Bugs. It's just, it's a fun episode, and there was uh, a lot of fun creative choices that were made that are always delightful to see. Um, So welcome to the podcast. This is our first episode. Um, It's a Looney Tunes podcast. I will be talking with guests about... Looney Tunes, uh, their favorite episodes and mine, and we're gonna we're gonna get into some fun topics. Um, so first of all, I have with me a notebook that I have created. Uh, it has Bugs Bunny on the cover, and uh, it is a moleskin notebook that has Bugs Bunny jumping into a hole on it. This will be our what's up doc this is the the booklet that i'm going to turn to for what's new in the world of looney tunes and what's going on as far as the world of mayhem the mobile app game which you may or may not know about but i'm obsessed with and yeah it's just a bunch of notes uh for the show and um this is going to be a this is going to be a little journey um not so much nostalgic but we are going to go over some of the episodes that inspire the uh, the choices for characters that are coming up in the game. But um, I also want to dive into the reboots, uh, talk about the different variations on the characters that have come to pass either successfully or unsuccessfully, uh, depending on who you talk to. And we're going to talk to a bunch of people that have uh, differing opinions on each one, which I'm really excited about. Um, but first, uh, a little bit about myself. I am a huge fan of Looney Tunes. I always have been. Um, if you ask my family, Looney Tunes was one of the first cartoons and shows I ever watched on TV. Um, I have always been endeared by the characters, by the comedy. Um I even had a, a lot of little uh, knick-knack toys around. Uh, I had a Bugs Bunny alarm clock. I I just kind of went all, all out for uh, anything Bugs Bunny or Looney Tunes as a kid. And um, it kind of got me into writing. It got me into directing, which led to producing. In college, I used to have uh, different directors that were printed out, and I had pictures of them next to my computer as far as like inspiration goes. And Chuck Jones was definitely up there. Um, he was uh, he was a big inspiration for me and in, uh, my comedy writing. And uh, I just I you know you, you need look no further than 
a Chuck Jones minimalist expression to get you through the day because those things are fantastic and they always make you laugh. One of the things that caught my eye this uh, past week, um, I, I believe it was uploaded a couple weeks ago, but um, I saw it last week. There is on YouTube by Kaiser Beams uh, with a Z, Kaiser Beams, uh, did a edit of every Looney Tunes episode, uh, but just a second of every every episode. And it is so wonderful to see not just the evolution of animation, but those little nods, those little uh, touches of comedy that come through the character. The the looks on their faces, the little glances that they did of uh, breaking the fourth wall of what am I going to do about the situation and how did the logic turn against me so quickly? Those little nuances, they kill me. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to um, to that channel. Uh, I believe it's um, it's got almost a hundred thousand views, so it's um, it's very popular and trending right now. For today's episode, uh, I want to take a look at Bully for Bugs. This was a Chuck Jones cartoon. Um, when I went to the Chuck Jones Centennial in 2012, this was the first episode that played. And it played after an introduction by his grandson, where he quoted his grandfather in saying that if you're going to start a marathon of Looney Tunes cartoons, start with Bully for Bugs. It's, it's the best way to start. And so I'm taking a cue from Chuck Jones himself and starting this podcast with Bully for Bugs. What's up, Doug? It was actually made because the producer at the time didn't believe that bullfighting was funny or could be funny. So Chuck Jones, uh, as he was, um, him and his writer went to, uh, Michael Maltese, uh, went to a bullfight to see what it was all about. So they went to Mexico City and um, they watched a bullfight and it was really funny to have the... Uh, anticipation of the bull coming out of the, you know, the, the big gate, because you're, you're on the side of the bull. You're like, you, you don't want anything to happen to the bull because you love animals and like you get there and there's all these people and obviously like you're going to root for the animal. And then out comes this, uh, the little matador and he only stood about five, six, five foot six. And, and you're like, Oh, he's a little guy. Like, you always root for the little guy, but uh, it turned out that there was just a lot of uh, comedy to mine from that, from that scenario. So him and his writer went back and uh, they started animating and coming up with the story. And uh, that is how we got Bully for Bugs. Um, one of the things I noticed in rewatching it, not only does it hold up and it's still funny, um, I love the little glances that the bull does uh, when Bugs uh, gets to outwit him. And uh, one of the things about this cartoon is it shows Chuck Jones's 
I, uh, identifying restrictions. So there are certain restrictions and disciplines that he has in place for animating because in the world of animation, you can do anything. And he didn't like the idea that he could do anything. So he wanted to restrict himself. And within those restrictions comes the comedy. So for the character of Bugs Bunny, he had a restriction of never being able to start a fight. He always had to be provoked. And the bull provokes him. He gets hit from behind and he says the namesake of this podcast. Of course you realize this means war. And then we're off to the races. We're able to get Bugs Bunny uh, coming up with antics with anvils and Acme glue and um, a rifle that the bull swallows and is able to fire out of his horns. It's just uh, really creative stuff. And I believe that without those restrictions, we wouldn't get such classic moments. So I'm really thankful that these animators, um, whether it be Chuck Jones or uh, a numerous, a numerous amount of people on his creative team, um, along with the other Looney Tunes directors uh, that also adhered to these restrictions, they um, they really came up, and we'll talk about them later, the uh, Robert McKinsons and the Tex Averys, but um, I really enjoyed uh, seeing Bugs having to go up against uh, a big beast in the bull. Uh, I just thought that that made him more of an everyman. Uh, even though he's not, he's very witty, he's very clever, and you know he's going to get out of it, but it's just the ways that he has to get out of it. Um, but not not to be mistaken, he does take some, uh, some hits as well, um, which are really funny and lead to more of that minimalist glance off screen, um, or to the screen rather, that uh, we see later in the episode. Other than that, I also noticed the, uh, the bull, whenever it runs off screen, it has the same little, um, following animations of hoof prints, uh, that the, um, the witch Hazel has, which Hazel has the, the, uh, hairpins when she runs off stage. Chuglier far than you. Um, so I thought that was really clever. Um, really clever technique and, and visual. That's, I guess that's about it. Uh, I mean, it has... Oh, uh, I guess one of the other things that is really unique about Belief for Bugs, the episode, is that they actually recorded the crowd. Ah, meet public. Um, it's very difficult to get uh, crowd sounds, um, especially if you're in the audience and you're picking up those near you, but, you know, you have to get an entire crowd sound and you want that to sound authentic and not manufactured. And, and so what they did was they put the camera or they put the, uh, the audio device in the middle of the stadium. Um, and they, they just had them cheer and, you know, they recorded it that way. I believe they recorded it actually during a, a bullfight. So I wonder if there's, um, there's a way to see how that was done. But um, the uh, sound designer talks about it. By the way, I'm getting this information off of the Golden Collection, which is a seven-part series of Looney Tunes discs. It came out on DVD, I believe, from 2006 up until, uh, like, 2008. So they released them a couple months apart, and 
you better believe I was there uh, opening day or, you know, launch day for each one. I uh, just had to, to snatch them up and uh, add, them to, add them to my collection. Uh, but yeah, some of this information is coming from those uh, commentary tracks. So um, I'm just relaying it back to you as uh, I'm sure you're as much a Looney Tunes fan as I am. And you may or may not have gotten to, uh, to find those whenever they were they were released. So um, wanted to share that knowledge with you as well. Moving on, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Looney Tunes World of Mayhem iOS game. This is a game that was released last year, I believe on the tail end of last year, and I've been playing it ever since it launched. It's really intuitive. They get the characters right. Uh, it's really fun. They have different worlds that you can uh, play in and you can build your characters. It is a freemium game. Uh, you can choose to pay us. Uh, like put money toward it but you don't have to um it's uh it's just really fun the character designs are on point it is some of the best uh animated characterizations i have seen in a really long time for the looney tunes characters um i'm kind of a stickler on how the looney tunes are drawn which we're going to get into later in, in later episodes where we're talking about the the um the reboots and the, the different shows that happened. And I wasn't always a fan of some of those line drawings and some of those, uh, character like, uh, ticks and, and like, uh, specifics. Uh, but for this game, it's a throwback. Uh, they really do a good job as far as, uh, nailing the expressions and they not only have the 2d versions, uh, when you load the game, Inside the game, they have 3D versions of the Looney Tunes walking around, talking, and it's it's really intuitive. It's really nice to see um, to see them alive and well, and uh, you know, playable in this game. So every so often, I want to say every two weeks, there is a new release of a tune, and this could be an original character, this could be an alternate uh, version of the character with a new costume, and Ironically, and I'm so happy this happened, uh, next week is going to be Bully for Bugs, the Matador Bunny. And you'll need 100 pieces of Matador Bugs to unlock him in the game. Matador Bugs is going to be um, released along with a, um, let's see, a, a Picador Sylvester Jr. Um, so I wanted to run down the different aspects of these characters and uh, what we can look forward to in the game. Uh, first off, Picador Sylvester, we'll start with him. Uh, he's a rare character, and he's on he's more of an attacker. Uh, so you'll want him to be on your team as far as someone that will uh, really take the most damage uh, from the other opponents. Um, there are also, um, well, I guess I should go over. So there's attacker, there's uh, people on defense. There are characters that are healers uh, and supportive, and uh, there are just e epic characters. And those characters can do like um, epic dodging moves and um, things that can keep your team um, well balanced. The Picador Sylvester character will be an attacker. Uh, he his region will be the Warner Brothers Studios. Uh, that's one of the cool things about the Looney Tunes game is that there are not only like city and farm areas where, you know, 
Sylvester will show up in City. Like, that makes sense. He's a cat. You know, he's always trying to get Tweety in the city. Or you'll have Foghorn Leghorn in the farm. And that makes sense because he's a rooster. Uh, but then you'll also get these Shakespearean alternates, which are going to be in the uh, Avaluni area, which is really fun. Or you'll get uh, these classic, like, um, performers uh, or performance type characters. So like um, Showtime Bugs, he's in the WB Studios um, area. And this is going to be where the Picador Sylvester Jr. is going to be in the WB Studios. Um, when you build out their uh, the place to farm more pieces for your character so they can grow, uh, his tune building will be a coliseum. And uh, just so you know, the Coliseum uh, has not been shown yet, so it'll be a new place. And I believe that the Matador Bugs will also be there. Uh, so his friendship is with Matador Bugs. Uh, this tune has 10% attack, defense, and speed while Matador Bugs is in the battlefield. So that's a pretty good uh, team up right there. Um, so the design story, these are really cool. This is what... Uh, Scopely, the company behind the game, has put together as far as uh, like a little background story of the character. So like real Picadors, Picador Sylvester Jr. sets up his matador for flashy dodges by silencing enemies. He won't be your primary damage dealer, but his debuff utility makes him an excellent piece in silence, damage, and the dodge and uh to have on the dodge based teams um you'll need 50 pieces to unlock him so they whenever they have a new character roll out there's always a campaign along with it and within the campaign you'll you'll be able to uh take on other teams that the computer plays as and once you defeat them using similar tunes then you can unlock the new tune so i'm really excited for picador sylvester jr i think he'll be a good um a good foil for a lot of the characters that are already on in the game. Um, so now let's move over to Matador Bugs. Uh, this is uh, an epic character. Um, just like Bugs Bunny is in the game, he's epic. And uh, you want these characters to really uh, help give your team a boost. Um, I believe I have a Bugs on my main team, uh, which I use uh, every day whenever I'm, you know, doing daily battles. Um, so he's an epic character. He's also at WB Studios. His building is also the Coliseum. So whenever you're building up the Coliseum, uh, it will add to the pieces for both Sylvester Jr. and um, Bugs in this, uh, in this aspect. Uh, so his relationship uh, has friendship skill with athlete tunes. Uh, so whenever this tune is on the battlefield... Uh, he has 10, he has plus 10% attack, defense, and speed, while any athlete tune is also on the battlefield as an ally. Uh, there's also rivalry skill with artist tunes. At the start of any match, if an artist tune is on the battlefield um, as an opponent, this tune gains 15% more attack. So that's quite a bit. The design story here is... It's, it reads, the premier dodge tank is here. This crowd pleaser bails enemies into his taunts with timely silences, dodging to roaring applause. 
So just overall, this seems like a really fun character to be coming to the game. So I'm very excited about that. Today's episode has been brought to you by Acme. Acme. It's where you get your anvils. Another thing I wanted to highlight with this podcast is the work being done by Craig Cawson and his team over at the Center for Creativity. Uh, Craig Cawson is, that is um, Chuck Jones' grandson, and he is holding an event on October 13th that I wanted to talk to, uh, talk to you about. Um, so that is Chuck Jones's Big Draw. Chuck Jones's Big Draw will feature a carnival atmosphere full of creativity stations themed after outer space exploration and Planet X. If that's familiar, that's because you'll recognize that from the Marvin the Martian, uh, and that's the planet he is trying to conquer and take over. Um, with activities like spaceship and space helmet building, origami asteroids, stop motion animation, Planet X creature creation, and more. Tickets are just $5 a person, and all proceeds benefit the center's programs for school aged children, senior brain health, and young adults on the autism spectrum. So it's a really great cause. Uh, just $5, and you get to do some arts and crafts with the family. So that's always fun. Thank you for finding this podcast, downloading it, and I hope you share it with your friends, uh, those that love Looney Tunes or those that love the game. Uh, I really want to make this a overall arching just appreciation uh, location for all things Looney Tunes. We're going to be talking about the parks. Uh, Abu Dhabi has a world of Warner Brothers, which has Hanna-Barbera and Looney Tunes in it. Uh, there is Six Flags, obviously, here in the United States um, and around the world. And um, we have uh, more episodes to come, uh, some with uh, people talking about the new Looney Tunes show, uh, that came out a couple of years ago. Um, so that will be fun. And then we're also going to have on uh, some people talking about voiceover and their experience with that and how the Looney Tunes overall uh, has inspi inspired them to do uh, that type of work. Uh, but overall, I'm just really excited about getting the Looney Tunes out there. I feel like they are kind of fading from popularity. And I'm really curious how... Uh, Space Jam 2 is going to tackle that because the Looney Tunes aren't familiar to most kids. So uh, my goal with this podcast is to get the word out, to celebrate these iconic characters, talk about the comedy, talk about the, uh, the just the writing and the orchestra behind them, how they were uh, approached back in the day and how they translate to today's modern era, how we could see them translate again uh, with the new shorts that are coming out from Warner Brothers. And I'm just overall excited to be talking about Looney Tunes. Uh, it's one of my passions and I'm, I'm just excited to no end uh, to be discussing this with you. Uh, so thank you for finding this. Thank you for downloading it. I would ask you to uh, check on social media. We have an Instagram called uh, This Means Podcast. 
Uh, you can follow us there. You can follow us on Twitter also at This Means Podcast. And we also have a Facebook uh, page called This Means Podcast. Uh, because, of course, you realize this means podcast. Um, so not to uh, not to take a quote directly from Porky, but this is not all, folks. There will be more. And I look forward to it. And I hope you do, too. 